0: You've tuned in to Columbia Calling Your first stop for everything you want to know about Columbia How and where to invest, where to visit From the Pacific to the Caribbean, the Andes Mountains to the Amazon jungle Columbia has a slice of everything Shooting from the hip, answering the questions that need answering Here's your host, the journalist and hotelier Richard McCall Shedding some light on the fashionable South American destination of Colombia.
1: It's that time of the week again, folks. This is me, your host, Richard McCall, here in Montbos Bolívar. It's five hours south from uh, Cartagena on the Caribbean coast of Colombia. And this is episode 382 of the Colombia Calling podcast. This week, it's a great pleasure to have... Writer Victoria Kelloway and illustrator Sergio Livano here on the show. Victoria's here with us in Montpós and Sergio's in Switzerland. So we'll be talking about their second edition of their book, their book that came out, well, quite some time ago now, but it's called A Columbia, A Comedy of Errors. And this is the second edition, updated and matured, I would say. You can get that on Amazon, so just put in... Columbia, A Comedy of Errors. And we'll be talking about the book and what it means. Why now to do a second edition of this book? What is the importance behind that? Here in Colombia, of course, things continue to tick along. I had my uh, vaccination denied <laughs> the other day, vaccination for COVID, only because I'm three months short of 45 years old. But it seems that here in montbos we'll be able to have a mass vaccination program coming on, hopefully in the next week or so, because, well, this is Colombia. And uh, the figures and the tragedy that is COVID-19 continues to increase. And well, it's out of control is basically the situation here. So that's that aside. We continue to work on this next week. We'll have another sort of hard hitting episode. We'll be talking about corruption in Colombia from both sides, left and right. We have an expert coming on the show to talk about that. Because when we have these conversations in Colombia, it always seems to come back to the same thing: corruption. And of course, this is addressed in Colombia, a comedy of errors. So we're we'll talking about that as well. So quite exciting, quite a, a bit more of a, a lighter conversation, but with the you know, hard hitting elements to it as well. A continued thank you to all of those of you out there who are patrons of the Columbia Calling podcast, you can just go to patreon.com Columbia Calling links are everywhere on my blog on the Facebook page everywhere else. And you can support us for as little as $2 a month. Of course, as well, we do have Colombia Calling merchandise available as well. So just check that out. I've tagged most of our posts on Facebook with links to the merchandise. Hoodies, T-shirts, mugs, stickers, tote bags, the like. It's all there should you want to do that. Exciting news here in Montpós. We have direct flights from Montpós to Cartagena and back again every other day with an airline called SAM. I think it's Sistema Aérea de Montpós, something like that. At the moment, it's an eight-seater flight, so in a couple of weeks' time, I'm going to take one of these flights and test it out and take a little break in Cartagena with the family. So we will see. We will give you the feedback. So for those people who don't want to do the five-hour schlep from Cartagena to Montpós, there are now flights, of course, links to be provided. Well, I'll stop nattering on now and we'll go straight into the final segment with... Victoria and Sergio discussing their new book. And thank you for a copy of this book, guys, because it allowed me to read up, make comparisons with the first edition, and of course, spring a few questions on you both. Thank you again. Don't go away. Bye-bye.
2: I'll
1: cut that. And we're back. This is the third segment of the Columbia Calling podcast. We're here in Montpaz. I'm very honored to have Vicky Calloway, author, here in Montpos with me. We're on the Malcolm Linton Photography Course, Photography Workshop here in Montpos. And in Switzerland, illustrator Sergio Liovano joins us as well. So this is like a very cool, uh, you know, three-person conversation that we're picking up from years ago, right back when the Columbia Calling podcast started. We had Vicky on talking about Columbia uh, Comedy of Errors and Sergio separately, and I'll recall that I actually did Sergio's interview when I was in Cusco. <laughs> so, uh, so there you go. Very um, good. Yeah. So we're going to talk about it because really they released Columbia, A Comedy of Errors in 2014 uh, to great accolades. And well, it's 2021 now, a lot has changed. The seven year itch. They've released the second edition second edition or the updated edition of Columbia, a comedy of errors, obviously available on Amazon. Um, and we're just going to talk about things like, you know, why, why now what's going on? And you know, you guys, I'm just going to let you guys jump in. And well, first I think let's listen, let's, let's have Sergio in Switzerland. Cause you're so far away. Uh, and, <laughs> and I just want to, whose idea was it then to, to say, well, it's, it's time now it's time for the second edition.
2: I think it's a, it was a, a mutual, it, it was mutual because we, we were always looking at the sales from the first edition and we were very excited because we started to see how Amazon started to sell more and more and more. Uh, our book, it was creating a big awareness, or, uh, not only in Colombia and the US, but uh, in Europe and uh, other places. So it was very good. And we were very excited, unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunately, it was great. Suddenly one day, the Washington Post uh, published this great article about how cool it is to be in Colombia and how great it is to go and visit Colombia and Colombia is one of the best places to go and visit. This was done by the Washington Post. And then they recommended three books for those that wanted to go to Colombia and know a little bit more about Colombia. And our book was mentioned there, so it was very, very good for us. It was a, a very big motivation point for us. Unfortunately, uh, we were run out of books of the first edition. So I think that was a first point where we, with uh, with uh, with Vicky, we sat down and we thought perhaps a good moment <laughs> to make a second edition. But we have to make the second edition better than the first one. It has to be better than the first one
1: you ran out of the print run now that is exciting
0: yeah it was it was fantastic and the funny thing is when you do a second edition is you start with kind of i think so he will agree really practical considerations like um obviously Gabo died which was a a sad thing and we he was very much alive in our book uh we made some observations about for example the experiences of disabled colombians and the constitutional court had had made changes uh, I'm, I'm not saying in any way those two things are related, but sort of Colombia. wouldn't it be wonderful to think you had that kind of impact? But no, things, things were moving, uh, things were changing. I think Colombians inside the country were putting pressure on things that they didn't feel happy with. And some of those things had, had been things we talked about. So I think we started from a really practical point of view, like what has changed if you're, if you're writing a survival guide to a culture, if you're talking about satire, if you're being a bit subversive and using humor to talk about things that you're not really allowed to talk about. Uh, what do you need to be talking about in the second edition? So I think it kind of flew a little bit. We, initially it was a case of trying to update and not being accurate, um, but actually a whole new book grew out of that. And as Sergio said, it was really important to do a better book. We were, I I sometimes kind of call it a garage effort, which is probably a bit unfair about the first edition, but we we started out with with blank paper. And
2: we tried to do this
0: book. And then suddenly we had this advantage where we had a book already. We had loads of feedback. I certainly had more experience in the country, more nuance, more knowledge, more confidence in my role here as a foreigner and what I, what I was able to do. So I'm just, I think it's a miracle for us that we were able, not many people can, can take a piece of art and, and do it again and do it better. So it was, it was really, I'm really grateful that we were able to do that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, the challenge for us, of course, is that uh, at the time uh, uh, we left Colombia, I mean, me and my family, we left Colombia uh to uh, to relocate again in Switzerland for the kids to continue their studies and do their their things. And uh, of course, uh, with the first edition, it was very easy with Victoria to meet, to to drink coffee and coffee and coffee all this time, just drinking coffee, discussing about the book. So it was it was quite easy uh, to do that. Uh, with this second edition, that was a challenge because, of course, we're talking seven, uh, seven hours of difference. So, uh, so that changes a lot the dynamic of the book. It was a challenge, but I think that uh, we started to figure out how to, to, uh, to synchronize ourselves, you know, how to make it creative, continue that creative spirit together. And uh, it was very good.
1: Yeah, no, I have to say I like I like uh, this uh, this new edition. In fact, I'm I prefer it, and and of course I think it's a certain <laughs> maturity. Uh, no, to myself now, you know, was it 14, 15 years later in Colombia. There's a certain maturity to what's going on, what has happened. You deal obviously with the peace accord because you know that was 2016, so two years after your first book came out. Uh, and and you know you address certain issues, and if we look at Colombia right now, a lot of what you are addressing is a lot of what has created uh, an instability and uncertainty. But of course, you know we're not looking at uh, you know, just four years or five years since the peace accords and this and this uh, unhappiness with by you know being uh, shown, voiced by the youth. What we're looking at is. 40 50 years and you get that by going through the history but yeah. I would like I want to mention though it it is that you address these uh you know these issues you address them as you say you know the, the peace accord uh, uh handicapped or disabled what's the word we use now it's a uh, disabled Colombians and you've also addressed obviously issues of gender equality uh but and these are these are strong issues you know these are ones that perhaps Maybe Colombians or maybe the establishment don't want to address. So you 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 throw these punches out there, but I would say it's softened by the illustration, so people don't feel so offended. There there is the issue, but then you've got this you know kind of amusing yeah. uh, illustration next door. Is that how you feel about it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the with the first edition, I remember we we show our text to several people. And we show it to uh, so high government people that with uh, security and everything in Colombia. Uh, I don't know if I have to. Men- I can mention their names, uh, but I we showed them this text, and uh, they were very concerned. They, they were saying, "Oh gosh, if you show, if you publish this book like that, it's going to be terrible." I mean, people are going to threaten you. It's uh, it was very uh, serious, and then and then we took this we at the end we put the illustrations we hardly changed any text we because the text was a we really really believe that this book the text the, the rhythm the balance of the whole book was great for in the first edition but when we show this book again with the illustrations without changing the text uh the people, the same people say, "Wow, this is you change it a lot. This is so great. It's fantastic. This is, now it makes sense." You no, know? I mean two things: or they didn't read it, or <laughs> or they really like the combination between the text and the illustrations. But uh, that combination it makes it very comfortable to 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 talk about difficult issues which Colombia has a lot.
0: I like to think of it as a bit like the Simpsons effect. You know, if you if you have humour, I mean, a lot of people will watch The Simpsons with their children, and yet when you start to think about what's on for Simpsons fans, itchy and scratchy, you start to think, oh, OK, there's some really kind of tough stuff going on here. And I think so is exactly right. There's some kind of softening. There's some sort of ability to get away with things because a lot of people describe our book as funny, charming, entertaining, wry. So I wouldn't want people to think, you know, just because we talk about some really tough issues that this is in any way, um, I guess, a sort of depressing book. No, it's, it's kind of magical because we dance around. We help people form a mosaic of Colombia according to their own experiences and interpretations of the book. But because we do use, we try to use gentle humor and we try to be very gentle because we know what we're talking about can be hard to read and see so I, I think it's i think that's why it's it's done well relatively because yeah. uh, a lot of these things you couldn't deal with in pure text but as soon as you begin to illustrate and you begin to be a bit ironic and you begin to step back a little bit uh, you end up with a really beautiful book
2: one one of the uh, sorry go on Sergio. uh one of uh, our surprises with vicky was that uh the uh, when they were going to give the Nobel Prize, the Peace Nobel Prize to Santos, the uh, Nobel uh, Nobel Peace uh, Office in Oslo, they contact us and they uh, order as many books as we could send them to sell because they wanted our book to be linked to the whole process. I mean, when Santos was there. Uh, they wanted to use our book as a reference uh, for the people uh, over there in Oslo. So it was great. It was—I uh, tell you—it uh, was really surprising that uh, that our book they really, really wanted to use our book uh, as that reference point to to peace, to that peace uh, uh, crucial point in the Colombian uh, in the Colombian history. Uh, which it, it's with the Nobel Prize. So uh, so it was very, uh, I mean, we felt very honoured that they were taking our book seriously. I mean, that that type of book was really, really the one that hit the nail in that moment in our history.
1: That is incredible and something I had no idea about. The yeah. The Nobel Committee... Got in touch with you guys to buy your book to sell it
2: at the event. Unbelievable! No. It, it was, it was a
0: Nobel Peace Center in Oslo.
2: So I, yeah. I don't know all the inner. It, it was not. It, it was not the committee. It was the center. Is the the people running uh, the the administrative things there? They wanted that the moment that Santos arrived and everything like that. They wanted that book to be in their shop, yeah, to be uh, available. Uh, for all their visitors there, uh, it was not kind, uh, yeah
0: Colombian reader of ours because there's always a kind Colombian reader in every country. Uh, we sort of put the word out and said, look, we're not in Oslo, but it, it's really huge for us that our book is, is being sold at the Nobel Peace Center. So uh, this reader did pop in for us and take pictures of it on the shelves. And those things that, you know, you work extremely hard years and years of work and, and revising and worrying and fretting and, and rearranging and organizing and deleting things that, there was, there, that didn't quite work. Um, then there are those moments when you think, wow, we, we, we did a tiny, tiny thing that's just part of this huge Colombian puzzle
1: yeah well, i mean it's still incredible i you know it's still absolutely incredible to be contacted on that level from that uh, you know degree of um you know it's a formal entity saying this is what we want this is your thing and so i mean you again like we say we, you address these issues you address what's going on and i'm looking at page 193 and this is, it's injustice and this is pretty i mean you know if this were, were in a a dry uh, sort of history of Colombia, but people would you know, probably pick it apart, maybe, or you know, it would makes the, 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 let's say, the far right really angry, and it probably would upset, you know, the left as well. But I mean, because it's you know, there's controversy here. As I, I'm going to read, ordinary Colombians just want justice for all the crimes committed during those terrible years of conflict. Whoever it was that committed them. It was eventually agreed that the government would pardon or release any rebel or anyone else convicted or accused of a political crime as long as they agreed to the terms and conditions of peace. Crimes such as genocide, rape, torture, kidnapping, child recruitment, and forced disappearance would still all be punished, and the peace tribunal would have jurisdiction over anyone involved in the conflict, brackets, except Colombian presidents who have immunity." Now, who could you possibly be pointing at in that one? Who wants to answer that?
0: Um, what's quite funny for say here and I is our editing process. And we went back and forth about those three lines, four lines, <laughs> four, three or four words quite a bit. Um, and yeah, they, they made the final cut. So, I mean, I mean yeah. look,
2: yeah.
0: I... I wanna be very honest about our book. I think of our book as some kind of gateway for people who want to learn more about Colombia. So we're, we're essentially summarizing the peace process in a sort of survival guide. This is the basics. This is what you need to know kind of way. But obviously, I would always hope that if people find that very interesting, they can go on and continue to learn in more depth because we're trying to put an entire country in a 200 page book so that we cannot possibly have enough nuance and go in depth enough. And some things have to be left out. But, but what we're really trying to do is just summarize very accurately some of the issues. So for a Colombian who's always lived outside the country or a foreigner arriving in Colombia, they have some grasp or basis that they can begin their own research and opinions
2: Totally, totally. I mean, I, I think I told you that in in a, in our previous interview that my mother, uh, she was English, she from London, and she was uh, she arrived to Colombia in the nineteen sixties, and uh, at that time she didn't know anything about Colombia, she didn't know anything about culture, Latin America, nothing about anything, and she really struggled a lot. I mean, we're talking about the extreme. Uh, because, uh, my grandmother, her mother-in-law and everyone in the family made her life terrible because she was a, hipper, a hippie. I mean, she, she really, by the, the sixties movement, the, uh, all these new fashion, the Beatles and everything like that. And she liked to dress like that. Of course, in that Colombia, the way it was, uh, it was very difficult for her. So, but that always, uh, uh, it was uh, it has been around my 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 head to think that it's lovely that people that wants to arrive to Colombia has have this little spark of knowledge. Uh, I mean, we're not dealing with the Encyclopaedia Britannica of Colombia, anything like that, and that's not the intention. What we want is to create an awareness and to create and to provide certain uh, key points where they can stand when they arrive to Colombia or they don't have to come to Colombia, but at least to understand Colombia. And uh, uh, right now, Colombia has been in the wor- world news all the time because of all these uh, uh, new protests and everything that is happening in Colombia. is quite interesting. And uh, people are actually surely, asking me about Colombia a lot here. And uh, this book is has been a really, really, uh, point for them, I mean, to, to give them that knowledge.
0: And I have to say, you know, you've, you've pointed at something that's um, sort of potentially controversial, even though it's, it's factual. So I'd, I'd say my kind of training, I'm a British journalist, I was originally. So when I think about sort of libel and things like that, you know, I just try to stick to the facts. Uh, and if something is something you can stand behind, it's not necessarily trying to imply anybody's sort of guilt and so on. And, and I think it's worth saying that the book is, is really very neutral. Um, which is hard in this world these days because we're so polarized about things and we're always looking to land on one side or the other. Sergio and I, we have different backgrounds. We have different experiences of Colombia. At times, we have very difficult, different policies, philosophies, uh, views about how the world is organized, views about how Colombia is organized. And I think that comes together to create a book that is, does include everybody, It's not a book that has a particular political line. I don't think... I mean, I I think everything is political. So, you know, I don't think you can speak about anything without it being political. But I I would say that the book tries very hard to, to provide enough sort of evidence, anecdotes, stories to create a mosaic, which I don't think we have control over. I think that's the idea. People would read it, and then they have to kind of make up their own minds, because all we want to do is give people, like Sergio says, a nugget of knowledge, some background anecdotes, some funny stories, some things they didn't know about Colombia, and then they've kind of got to come here and make up their own minds.
1: I think there's, there's a, a lot of things. I mean, you know, people are always going to pick holes and, and, and things. And as you say, I believe that everything's political. And I think everything in Colombia is political at a certain level, if not in every single level. And, you know, you just chat to anyone. And, and even, let's say, the superficial politics comes out. But there's always a sort of more profound political element to so much as well. Um, and, and, of course, it's all addressed in here. I mean, you know, page 105, uh, you've got this. This, this the you know, illustration, of, and you're doing about the typical responsibility avoiding phrases. And now I'm here in Montpos. Vicky's here in Montpos, and I've restored houses here. And this responsibility avoiding phrases are part and parcel of my daily existence here. And I think as well, it comes in from you know, as you say, all sorts of. Uh, issues in the past, but this illustration, you know, it says, shit, it got fired from me three times. So it's it's a a man standing over someone who's been shot. And of course it's the gun's fault. And I feel like, you know, people, you know, people don't kill people, guns kill people type thing. But it's, you know, for me in the, in the restoration world, it's been like, uh, you know, the exact story I'm thinking of was many of them, but the man who was coming to plaster my, the walls, couldn't come on a Monday because the drinks that he'd had at his grandson's baptism on Sunday, (laughs) they hit his stomach badly, not because he drank too much. No, it was because they hit, you know, the literal translation, they hit his stomach badly. And so when he came up and I said, he said, Oh, but I'm still going to work and I can see he's staggering and everything else. I said, absolutely not. Because then it's my responsibility for your irresponsibility that you go up on a ladder and something happens. Uh, yeah. And of course, no, but I can still do it. No, 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 no. And, you're like, and then try and explain to him, now you set me back one day. No concept. No concept of what has happened there. And that's yeah.
2: the truth. And he's not the guilty one. I mean, he doesn't have that responsibility. It's now your responsibility that he's delayed
0: see, and that's kind of what I like about the book, because for me, it wouldn't have been interesting if we had just produced a book that said this is how things happen in Colombia or in some ways. I think what we really want to do is try to figure out why and, and get to the heart of that really uh, interesting question in Colombia that Colombians fight about all the time, which is, are we the way we are because of individual failings, you know, the failure for me to take individual responsibility? And you have sort of half of people saying it's, it's because Colombians are that way. And then you have the other half of people saying it's because of the environment of Colombia, the institutions, the way the country operates, that people don't have a choice except to be that way. And you, you get this tension all the time. And, and I think what we really trying to do with the book is kind of explore both. And again, yeah. let people make up their own minds. So let's talk about, you know, the, the failure to take individual responsibility. But then let's look at sort of what, how the country began and how we got to this point, and why it's actually really challenging to take responsibility. Is there a justice system that would support you anyway? You know, all of this kind of stuff. But I, I love that conversation. I mean, we're always talking about the Spanish in the book, and, and you know, the fact that people sort of say, well, yeah. you know, the reason this didn't happen is because the Spanish invaded and not the English. I mean, the, these but...
2: sort of things, you know. The, the, there is something very important that uh, to mention about this book that I haven't seen it in other book of any type of, uh, of uh, I mean, other countries or whatever. It's it's the fact that we went f- from the beginning to to explain to people uh, the basics that when you talk about the basic, it's not history, it's not just histories, it's the basics. Where the word Colombia came from, where the flag came from. And I mean, I grew up in Colombia and I went to, uh, in Bogotá, I went to school and at university and everything like that. And they teach us many, many things, but they never, never taught us uh, the reality about Colombia. I mean, we were always taught, oh, Colombia has this flag yellow, which goes all the way to the middle. And then you have the blue and you have the red and that means the rich, uh, the, the, the wealth and uh, the uh, oceans and the blood that we spill. Uh, but really, that's not really the story. That was not the, the story at all. Someone came out, some political guy came years after to, and started to develop that idea. The whole thing is beautiful because the the real story of the flag of Colombia is more beautiful. And that's what we treat, we mentioned in the book. And we talk about that in the book. And it has to do with uh, Catherine the Great. And it has to do with Get, uh in Germany. It has to do with the, the, the theory of colors. It has to do with a lot of things that people don't know about these things, but they are true. And that's really what happened. And what we did with Victoria was... Create to to explain why we're talk, talking about that comedy of errors. Why Colombia is a comedy of errors, and we never mention com- comedy of errors in a negative way. That's very important to highlight. It's a comedy of errors because it's a comedy. It's it's it's. There is a lot of little mistakes of a lot of little misunderstandings that has created our country. I mean, Colombia. So that's a beautiful thing to 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 mention about the book.
1: I, I and a side note, my friend was in a movie called "I Was Catherine the Great's Stable Boy." So, they, for any of you who know who know anything, Catherine <laughs> the Great is quite I an. Mean, but like, uh, this thing about the flag and this thing about the anthem and the coat of arms, I think, is very key. And I actually uh, gave a presentation on this uh, a few years ago at a. High school in Colombia. I was invited to talk about the sort of fallacies of these things, and you sort of look at the flag. And you say, "Okay, well, you know, I didn't know the the Catherine, the, the uh, you know, the, the 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 legend or the the reasons that you've given me." But of course, I said, "You know, we you guys talk about the gold and the riches, of course, all extracted by international companies and taken away." Uh, yeah. You guys have got this, um, you know, coat of arms, obviously, and it on the coat of arms. There's Panama, which is gone, sold by your countrymen, <laughs> yeah, uh, who are still I'm very, very je- much, I'm very cheap, yeah, very cheaply. And of course, you've got the condor there, which is, you know, on the IC- IUCN uh, red list. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and, yeah. and you look at your, you look at the anthem, the national anthem. And it's, it's like, you know, proper old ones and it's proper, uh, you know, the first few um, stanzas or whatever are all about sort of warrior type uh, uh, things. But if you were to flip it round so that the last two stanzas out of all 12 or however many there are, that would make for a much nicer story. Yeah. What yeah, I absolutely. This, though, is,
0: I mean, you hear so many sort of Colombians complaining about uh, the flag and and the stories behind it, and some of them are tall tales. Some of them might be more credible. You hear complaints about the coat of arms, but what's always interesting is, you know, how important is it? You know, it it, it to talk about the situation we find ourselves in today, and then to complain about the coat of arms. It does again divide us into that idea. This is all the Spanish fault. This is the fault of the, the conquistadores, uh, and and. You know, I have a lot of sympathy with that point of view because I see the hangovers from that all the time. You know, 200 years of, of some things have barely changed. But the fact that we, we have these conversations so much about the countries history in, in terms of being called Colombia and so on, is, is really fascinating because you can sit around and on, on a rocking chair on a, on a balmy uh, front porch uh, and there'll be very heated debates about the coat of arms and yet we sort of need to talk about maybe some other things that perhaps have a more direct effect on our life or not. So I find that endlessly fascinating and, and it was really important to put it in the book because foreigners, from my point of view, need to know those nuances and need to know why the coat of arms is discussed and, and and why so many stories are told about the creation of the flag and so many stories are told about the name and where that came from and the big fight about whether people from the United States are allowed to call themselves Americans and the fact all of those names are mm-hmm. essentially colonial anyway. Um, you need to kind of know what you're walking into.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, well, yes, I mean, certainly think and I, you know, I, I will obviously agree with some people who say, you know, this, this this colonial legacy, but also there has passed a fair amount of time to have been able to change things, you know, to alter, uh, you know, I realize it's a very difficult thing to do. And things are written into into, you know, constitutions and into history and into practice and culture and society. But equally so, uh, you know, we kind of go through a revisionist look at some things in like, way, well, you know, I don't know. So, I mean, what do you equate, Sergio, what do you equate, what should we do? And I say we, and I think Vicky would say we, because her uh, and the write up in the back, she's taken the British flag out of the of the drawing, which is what she had at the beginning. And now it's like a nice little Colombian flag. You are now Colombian. You live here. You, you participate. You've been in by for so long. Now you're in. You, you know that makes you Colombian because you're in <laughs> here in the earth. But what do we do then? I mean, because we have to start thinking about you know as a society, and especially at this moment in time, what what where where are we going from here,
2: Sergio? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean the uh, I I always say that uh, in Colombia it's all about. Uh, to be educated, you know, to, to, to learn about uh, our mistakes. As you mentioned it before, we are a highly political country uh, because we have lived uh, our political roots haven't been uh, with discussions, but with weapons you now with uh, machine guns. Uh, so our political background has been very violent. And uh, of course, this cannot be solved from one day to the other one. Uh, mm. It has to be, it's, it's a process that we have to start to develop. But it helps a lot. It really, really helps a lot. When people are aware uh, what is happening today, I don't want to go into good or bad, but what is happening today, Colombia has been long due to do something what is happening now, you no? Know? Because what Colombia has been experiencing is the same as when you see a fly trying to go out from the to the, uh, but always hits the glass. You now that those flies that tries to go out and really really tries to go out, but they don't understand that there's glass there that you will. Op- constantly going to stop them, stop them, stop them. That's how I see right now Colombia. Now that the flies that try to go out, try to change, try to do things, but somehow always hits that glass and there is no way to. to So, So now what is happening, and again, I'm not saying good or bad, but what is happening is that it feels, it feels that the fly is beginning to understand that perhaps there has to be another way to go out or to change or to do something about it that's my so i do think that that's going to happen i really really think that's going to happen but and but it has to happen more it has to happen there's a lot of discussions things like your podcast uh, and these type of things are very very important for colombia the more we open ourselves to the international world the more we are open to new ideas foreigners coming in like my mother came in the 60s and she was alone nowadays a foreigner comes to colombia she she or he will not be alone there are going to be a lot of foreigners there there's a lot of mixtures between uh, colombians and foreigners all together so the soup the the this uh, this beautiful new country is is becoming richer in culture and that is important to to move on to 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 grow as a country
0: i'm I'm one of those kind of structurally type people, so I, I, I agree a lot with what Seho said actually. I think the fly analogy is is pretty amazing in terms of you know that glass being the inequality that's going to thwart you. Um, for me, if I could like wave a little magic wand with all the humility of being a, an adopted Colombian of only eleven years, um, I would look at the, the justice system actually. you know if if I think if we had a justice system that was functional eighty percent of the time and more importantly was believed to be functional 80% of the time, then uh, perhaps people might feel able to report things, uh, that some responsibility might be taken for things. Um, because yeah. you hear a lot of like, you know, and, and so I, I, that's that's one thing I, I, I would love to see. And I, I think people who operate in Colombian justice a lot of the time work extremely hard, um, you know, some fantastic lawyers in this country supported by an, a constitution that is, is great on paper. Um, but unless we sort of start to trust it, uh, we we end up with a lot of problems, um, and then of course the way the way governments operate, you know, if they if, they, if it sounds a bit heavy, but if they pursue policies that keep us unequal, um, it's very hard for us to kind of get out of that. But but that's a bit too deep, you know. We wrote a funny survival guide satire. I don't think we need to bring in uh, government policy since the, <laughs> the 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah, but uh, yeah, because
1: I'd say that you do imply it all these things though <laughs> in your survival guide.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I agree with Vicky. Trust is everything. Mm. And we have been harmed a lot. Our society, our people, my father, my grandfather, everyone arriving to Colombia, always they all feel the same way, like someone is telling you something. You know, there is no trust in anyone, in the neighbors, uh, in anything. I mean, if you lose something in your apartment, it was the mate. It doesn't matter. You, know, you you don't trust. You you don't think that perhaps you lost it. Perhaps something like that it has to be a guilty one always. And I, I do think that there's there has to be a. I mean, Vicky really mentioned it's a, it's a very very good point. Is trust. I mean, Colombia has to improve 100 percent to 100 percent in trust, and to start to trust in in better institutions. Where People, better teachers, better uh, bus drivers, uh, everywhere, everything. It has to be, is, we have to work on that. I, I'm
1: terrified of the bus driver. So there you go. Um, <laughs> you know, crossing the road is a, is a real scare <laughs> in Colombia. Me <laughs> too. Uh, I mean, let's go back to the book for one second as we wind this down. And of course, everybody should be able to, you, know, you can pick this up on Amazon, I guess. Is Amazon only or other? Okay. So it's on Amazon only. You'll find it. The Columbia, a comedy of errors. But so we got two opportunities here. What is the, the, the worst feedback you've received and what is the best feedback? And let's end on the positive. Who wants to share those?
0: I can go from my point of view. I mean, I, for me personally, my worst, worst, most crushing feedback, I mean, really, really, you know, heartbreaking is I haven't read the book, but um and you know those are those are the ones where i think oh no um but you know some people have have read the book and uh and disliked it and i I think but you know very few people i i i'm sure some people don't like it but just don't say because i i I thought it would you know generate more more controversy but uh, you know people are quite friendly to us about it which may be a colombian cultural thing um but sometimes people sort of say what is this book you know it's really difficult to classify this book. What is it, what is it trying to do? I and mean, in that way, I think it's kind of charmingly Colombian because it, it doesn't try to do anything obviously. It just, it, it is there and, and you can kind of draw your own conclusions. It's to help you survive the country and understand things, but also, you know, to give you a nudge to make up your own mind. Um, but that mean confusion as to sort of what, why was this book created is, is possibly, the one thing I was always expecting was inaccuracies. But I think because I'm so terrified of being a foreigner for my part you know I was I was really frightened of making a mistake I mean I'm a foreigner so uh, touch wood it seems to be quite good.
2: The the, the thing that really hurt me a lot was a little comment uh, a very short comment in Amazon years ago of someone saying that uh, that we are not the correct people to write this book no, you—you something about like, uh, like not—we uh, don't have to cr- credentials to write this book. Uh, I didn't re- really understand. I mean, wh- why someone is going to say that? Because I mean, Vicky uh, is British, and I have British, half Colombian, living in Colombia all my life. Uh, and Vicky has a lot of experience all these years living in Colombia. Uh, very soon, it's going to be more years in Colombia than in in in, in England. But uh, but that's I mean at, at the end of the day, who has the the uh, who has the 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 correct approach to to say what is or what is not Colombia? And that what it uh, hurt me. Is that the person that mentioned it, it was full of anger. You, mm. you know, you could feel the anger of this person saying, "You don't understand Colombia, you don't you really don't understand Colombia." But again, if you go to if you go to Ciudad Bolívar, they're going to see one Colombia. If you're going to go to Cartagena, Uh, to uh, Boca Chica, whatever, they're going to see another Colombia. If you go to Montpost, they're going to see another Colombia, and so on, and so on, and so on. When we start the book, and this was very, very important for us to mention about the the six men of Hindustan, this little poem of six people, six blind people that went to know what it was an elephant for the first time. And everyone approached the elephant in a different way and everyone concluded what the elephant was in a different way just because they were approached it in a different way and that is what we wanted people to understand is the every person has an a different approach of colombia now i have to say we were we have been very lucky because uh in colombia and outside of colombia our the the sector the acceptance of this book has been incredible, really, really incredible. And it has been very, very positive. But if following your or answering your question, that little comment of that people full of, of that man, full of ha- anger really hurt me because that's what we're trying to address.
0: And I do think it is one of those books that needs an outsider perspective, actually. I mean, in, in culture, we often talk about that story, you know, the, the idea of two fish swimming along in a river and meeting another fish coming the other way. And, and the other fish says, isn't the water lovely? And the two fish swim on and one says to the other, what's water? <laughs> you know, if you are in something, it, it, is it easy to see? So it, I, I'm grateful. I know that I will never... 100% be considered a Colombian and that's fine. But I also know I'm no longer really British. I mean, after 11 years, I go back and I'm, I'm sort of an outsider there too. So I think it was for me, that was really important. And also the humility of being a foreigner meant that I, I was very determined to try to to have the nuance, to try to you know question ourselves, to double check things. And, and I've had Colombians sort of say things to me that I think, wow, you just didn't do your research there. You know, so if you were to write a book like this, I I think it would be a bit less reliable. And you are the most Colombian person I've ever met, Colombian. And and me, this little foreigner, um, you know, made that extra effort. So I do get a lot of the arguments about who has the right to produce art. And I think it's an interesting debate. But this, a survival guide, a satire, the outsider perspective has really worked for us.
1: I can't think of any better way to to draw this to an end. Uh, And that was... Yeah, insightful, and I like that we were able to talk about the book, but really bring in the the topics and the issues going on, and some of the sort of more complex uh, situations that we have to deal with, especially you know as foreigners here or as, as people working in in different industries here, trying to put our I guess, two pesos towards, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a, a more just society, I would say. So listen, let me say thank you so much to the writer, Victoria Vicky Callaway and illustrator, Sergio Liovano.
0: We are co-authors and we'll produce this book together very much, you know.
1: Okay, I've been. I stand corrected,
0: <laughs> but that's fine. Co-authors
1: Victoria Kellyway and Sergio Liovano. Columbia: A Comedy of Errors is available on Amazon. So please check it out, leave a nice review or an honest review, but not an angry one.
0: At least just read the book before you review. That, that it breaks our hearts when you start with I haven't read the book, but. fair enough
2: yeah (laughs) that makes
1: a lot of sense to me too so you know where to get it you know where to find it and please you know take a look at it and uh, as a a vicky says read the book thank you again to sergio thank you again to vicky we're signing off Yep. Yeah. yeah. We're signing off this week on the Columbia Calling Podcast. We'll be back next week with more things Columbia related here on the podcast. So please be sure to tune in. Thank you again to all the Patreons uh, who have signed up this week, this month. There've been a couple of you. I will mention you in the next one, but thank you again because you allow us to dedicate more time to the podcast now. And so farewell from me this week.
2: Bye-bye.